Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. All right, everyone. Uh, interesting topic today. And uh, whether you follow Idleman Unplugged or Pastors Unplugged, uh, it'll be a topic you need to hear uh, pastors, you know, how they're going to handle this situation in their churches and then members, people in general. And the question came in, you know, how do I handle or how do we handle a same sex couple or maybe a gay uh, gay couple? Maybe they're married that comes into the church. Um, and so from a member's point of view, from a pastor's point of view, you know, it's pretty much going to be the same. So it's actually not real complicated. We welcome anybody into our church. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, so we welcome anybody to Westside Christian Fellowship and all are welcome from those coming out of, I mean, I just prayed with somebody recently who, um, we could, you could just smell there's still alcohol in their breath. They're desperate. Somebody else caught in an affair, uh, pornography. And so everyone's welcome, but the church, uh, cannot be affirming. And so that's what you're seeing. Uh, the lines being drawn in the sand in our nation right now is welcoming is, Hey, I love you. You're welcome here where welcoming and affirming is I'm not going to speak the truth about God's word. I'm not going to make anyone feel bad or convicted. I'm going to affirm them in that sinful lifestyle, whatever lifestyle that is. So then the pulpit pulpits of America become uh, dead and they don't change lives because they're more focus on capitulation, wokeness, gaslighting, uh, all these different things, not gaslighting, wokeness, council culture. That's something different. I'll explain it later. Um, so, you know, that welcoming and affirming, if they go together, then it's going to be a church that is not biblically grounded because you can't affirm. Affirm means, no, it's right. It's right. The Bible's wrong. You're right. And I'm affirming it. That, that's not a, that's not a New Testament church. So we welcome people. Um, so here's, here's, let's lay out some scenarios, which has happened before and I'm sure will happen again. It happens maybe your church. And of course, the more, um, let's see, the more, the more a pastor is, um, preaching on these hot topics, the less you're probably going to see of, uh, same sex couples, and gay marriage in the church because they know where the pastor stands, they know where the leadership stands, you know, they're not going to really be subject to that unless they really are wanting to learn and they're teachable and they're humble. Um, but then you've got, you know, I've know even in my area, some churches that would say when I talk to them on the side, they're not for gay marriage, but you would never hear it from the pulpit. You would no conviction, nothing. So you, you're going to have a lot more um, people who struggle with that sin at their church because they're not addressing it. Hey, I'm, I, I feel good here. And you should feel good. There should be, you should feel welcomed and loved, but we're going to help you uh, see what the Bible says. So how you treat them is like you treat anybody else. It's pretty simple. Uh, love on them. You know, they might draw some, uh, some attention like, Oh, wow. You know, look at, you know, like somebody who's dressed in modesty. 
immodestly. We get that sometimes too in the summertime here in Southern California. You know, um, you would think people would know, but they don't always know. So, you know, you love that person and maybe have some of the women talk to them later. Um, you, they're welcome at your church. I, I wouldn't jump right on it. Like right, right as the service is over. Hey, what's up with those shorts or that midriff or whatever? You know, you're just jumping right on it. You know, there's, there's some time, you know, get to know the person. But at the same time, you do have to steward the environment of the church well. And I think that would be probably the greater concern would be the environment of the church representing God, not having people stumble with what they see. And so you would, you definitely would unjump on it. Um, just, you know, maybe not right at that instant, maybe call, take it to lunch, get to know them. And then just, Hey, by the way, I don't know if you ever thought about this, if the Bible teaches on modesty anyway, because the correlation is that's how you'd handle anybody. Um, or, I mean, if I've, I've, I've had it where a man is there with his girlfriend and I know that he separated from his wife and I had to take a, you know, pretty strong, uh, pretty strong stance on it and told him, Hey, we're, we're heading down this, this road of Matthew, you know, 18. And, um, and so, you know, <clears throat> all situations are different. So you would welcome them. Hopefully they get plugged in a Bible study and then, uh, or, li- or, or keep coming to your teaching. However, there comes a point where if you can discern they're just coming to make a scene or to be defiant or to sit right next to each other and hug and hopefully not kiss in church. And you can tell, okay, they're not here to genuinely learn what the Bible says and be teachable, be humble. They're actually coming. And this happens too. People come to make a scene. They come to like just disrupt things. Um, and so once you can discern that now, how long does that take? Who knows? Sometimes I can discern it the first visit. If, if a person is, I had a person come, um, a while back, October, and, um, somehow it came out that she was going to disrupt the service. I guess she went, I don't know. She told someone on the prayer team she's going to pass out flyers. Uh, the funny thing is we agree with the information, the flyer about fornication, different things, but you know, and so they're, they're there to disrupt. And so if a couple's coming, they're brazen. They're, you know, let's say they do kiss during worship or kiss. See, now, now they're not respecting God's house. Now you see the, the motives, the ulterior motives of why they're there. And then as a church, we'd have to take a stance and say, Hey, we love you guys. Of course you're welcome here, but, uh, that can't go on here. We, we have the responsibility of stewarding this environment. I don't feel you're sincere. I don't feel, uh, you're really wanting to learn what the Bible says. You're here to disrupt the, the congregation. And we actually can't allow that. And so I'm going to have to ask you, uh, to not attend the church anymore. I um, would love to get lunch with you. I'd love to hear your heart. Love to, Hey, if I'm missing it here, Please, this is your opportunity to share your heart. Let me know where I'm missing it, but we're discerning that this is not a good, a good fit, uh, right here. So, or you have, you know, we've had, I remember a couple came and I think it was close to the front row Two, I mean, two women, but one looked like a male, the other. And I think they came for a little while and, you know, just eventually stopped coming because again, if you're talking, you don't have to point out that exact sin. You know, I'm not going to go, you know, come down fire and brimstone on this sin with them sitting right there. Unless, of course, it's in scripture and God prompts you, but they, they understand, you know, if you're going through the Bible, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, you know, sin outside the, the confines of marriage between a man and woman and you're teaching on that. It's, it's going to be, it's really hard for people who are, um, who, who are stuck in a sinful lifestyle and they don't want out. They enjoy it 
and they're going to stay in. It's really hard for them to come to a church like that. They're convicted. They don't like it. I'm out of here. But if they're wanting hope, they're wanting freedom, they're wanting um, some answers. You know, hey, I feel this way, but why am I so convicted that this is wrong? I thought I was born this way, but I see that I was actually, all of us were born to sin. Uh, the pastor was born to lie and cheat and manipulate. I was born into anger and uh, I was born, we were all born with sin inside of us. Uh, and then we choose, you know, obviously to, to follow that course, um, dead in our trespasses, under the wrath of God. And that's the point of the cross and Jesus Christ and, and cleansing us. And, and that's a whole nother podcast. But my point is they start to learn, you know, okay, I can see how this is wrong. Um, I'm convicted about this. I want to know more about the Bible says, and that could be a process that might not happen by next Sunday. You know, it could take, it could take a little while for these people to eventually uh, see the light, so to speak, and, and understand um, the uh, challenges with their relationship and what that the Bible says about it. So again, I know people want a blanket statement. They want something quick, something easy, three steps to this. Here's exactly what you need to do. But what is the situation? Um, I've had um, members who have been members of our church for a while, you know, bring their sister who's a lesbian. And, uh, you know, I talked to them like, yeah, she, she enjoyed the worship. You know, she liked your message, but you know, this or that or whatever. And she does want to come again. And okay. And so, you know, we're, we're welcoming them. We're loving them, but we're not allowing them to influence the preaching or the, how, what we say. Uh, same thing. If I know a Mormon's coming to church that day, um, that's why I usually tell people, don't tell me because, you know, let's just see what God wants to do. But if I know somebody's coming and now I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to backpedal. I'm not going to say a lot of that. You know, that's not good, but it's also not good to go out of your way to try to tell someone off. And I've seen that a lot of these, these, some of these pastors who have a lot of attention on social media, you know, angry, bombastic in your face. They'll, they'll call out this, they'll call out that. And they're like using the bully pulpit, the sermon to go after that person. And that's not of God either. So you can't be wishy-washy, lukewarm, don't want to avoid. I mean, I want to avoid, I don't want conflict or uh, man, I'm going to tell them off in my sermon because they're here. And that's hard. I mean, we, we struggle. I struggle with those things uh, from time to time. I mean, man, I see somebody here, you know, I see somebody there who maybe uh, doesn't like me speaking about politics, but the Bible is clear on a political hot button issue. And there it is. Am I going to, you know, highlight it more than I normally would because they're there? You know, that's not good. That's why I often pray. I don't know if you've ever followed the sermons, but I pray, you know, Lord, please give me precision. Give me precision, direction. Let me not go beyond what you want me to say, but let me be bold enough to say it. Lord, please help me find those parameters. A lot of times there's an internal battle going on up here. You know, do I say that? Do I not say that? Is that of me? Is that of you? And, and, um, it's an internal struggle that that many pastors and preachers, anybody teaching God's word has to discern. Is that my thoughts? Is that your thoughts? Um, Lord, who who is that? It, me, the enemy, you. And so, um, but anyway, I'm getting off topic here. How to treat a same-sex couple. Uh, you treat them like you would anybody else. Um, love, understanding, compassion, but you do not avoid the truth. Uh, if they know where you stand, you don't have to keep preaching at them every time, um, especially if your kids, you know, that's a whole nother topic. If your kids are gay, um, then you are to love them 
Hopefully they know where you stand. If they don't know where you stand, then that's the time to tell them, hey, here's what the Bible teaches. Here's what we believe. I love you because you're my son or my daughter, and that will never change. Uh, however, I, I, I'm going to be praying for you because this is a very destructive lifestyle and the Bible's clear that this is not right. But I was born this way. This is what I feel. I, this is who I love. Okay, though, though, that's called, it's not called love. That's called lust. And you've given over to the lust of the flesh. And you're, you're, you're allowing that Adamic sin nature. I mean, maybe don't use those words. I don't know what that means. But you're allowing this sin nature to pull you away from God and control you and finding joy in the lusts of the flesh. When God calls us out of that to be saved by the power of the cross. And so with your kids, you don't quote scripture. I mean, I know parents who have driven their kids far, far away by quoting scripture, by being heavy handed. But then there's other parents who are just like Eli, who let his sons who are priests do whatever they wanted, perverted the gospel or not the gospel, but perverted God's word. And uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't restrain his sons. And uh, God had some things to say about that. So you don't want to be loosey goosey. And you don't want to be um, judgmental Jerry. I was trying to think of a word that rhymes with rigid. Rigid Rick. You don't want to be rigid Rick. You don't want to be loosey-goosey. Um, you, want to, you want to find that balance. Love them, but also speak the truth in love. And then, of course, the question comes up, uh, should I go to a gay wedding? Um, now, as a pastor, obviously, I, <laughs> I can't facilitate a gay wedding because it goes, I mean, you're asking God to bless it. And you're, you're agreeing with this union, which you don't agree with. That, that would actually be lying at a very, very deep level. And so, um, I don't know if I've ever been asked to attend one. Maybe I have. You know, again, all situations are different. If it's your, your daughter and she asked you to go, um, you have strong convictions not to go. I would encourage you not to go. Uh, you have strong convictions that you want to be there. You want to show them at least you support them. You know, then you're going to have to spend some time with God, making sure that's of the Lord and make a decision to the best of your ability. But make sure you're spending time in God's word, praying, fasting, Holy Spirit, lead me and not just like, oh, I just want to go and support. Make sure you're hearing from God. So the short answer uh, from me would be, I don't think I could go and celebrate or support a gay marriage. Uh, if it was one of my kids, I think it'd be heartbreaking, but I don't think I could give my my daughter away to another woman. I mean, I would just, I think that would be harder on me than staying at home. I really do. So again, it's not out of hate. I love uh, all kids, our kids, of course. Um, it's a delicate topic. It's it's sensitive, uh, but I would encourage people take it to the Lord because I have talked to people on both sides where the parent does go to support their child. I just had one recently. I knew someone where the mom did, but the dad couldn't. Um, that could create a lot of tension in the home. That's not good either. And of course, the daughter or the son says, you don't love me. I knew you didn't love me. You won't come and support me. And that's where you say, I love you. I love you enough to to pray for you every day. I've gave a good portion of my life for you. I will continue to love you. But you're asking me to do something that is clearly wrong in Scripture. And so, see, I have a higher authority. I have God's authority because I love you so much that I want my reputation to be unstained, untarnished, and to hold to the truth of God's Word. I can't go and celebrate something that God's Word forbids. And, um, you know, it's delicate. I know um, another, uh, you know, like a younger girl, went to her um her friend's mom's same sex attract or same sex same sex wedding and the mom was okay with that and so you know but the mom wasn't really walking closely with the lord and that i mean that plays a huge role in it if you're if you're spending a lot of time with god a lot of time in god's word 
you're just broken. You're Lord, humble. Please use me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Please lead me. I think it's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard for you to go to a marriage that God's word clearly, clearly condemns. Uh, because there's nothing to celebrate. There's nothing good about that. It, you'd be, it'd be fake. It'd be phony and it'd be very challenging and difficult. But again, I'm not going to put my, my rules on you. I would just really caution you to take it to the Lord. Um, and you do have to weigh, you know, <clears throat> okay, let's say you do go to it and your daughter is glad you went. You showed you supported her. Okay. Well, what are you going to do for the next 10 years when her partner and her want to come over and sleep in the same bed? Uh, when, you're going to have to go to a baby shower if they adopt. I mean, you're, you're, are you always going to be supporting or are you always going to be saying, I support you. I love you. I'm here for you, but I can't support these things that are clearly in defiance of God's word. So anyway, I hope that helps. Hope that gives you a little bit of a nugget of truth on this important topic, sensitive topic. And people say, I hear it a lot, man, this is so complex. Um, it's actually really not. Now what's complex is, is a person born that way? Do they choose that lifestyle? A lot of people who end up um, in same-sex attraction relationships, it's actually very sad because they were abused, sexually abused. And when you're sexually abused at 8, 9, 10, 11, you got the hormones going and attraction, and now a uh, same-sex person takes advantage of you, and now you've got your hormones this 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 thing that happened and now there's there's something about what happened that now you're attracted to that but you're at a young age where you were you know abused and taken advantage of and so that's what we mean by complex uh there's a lot to it that's why there is grace and love and forgiveness um but it does come from depravity the bible says it's a, an abomination it comes from depravity and it does um I, when I'm, if, when I was depraved, I went into a different direction, the party lifestyle. When someone else is depraved, they go into this. And some, and so it's part of our depraved nature. That's why we need Christ. We need forgiveness. We need repentance. We need redemption. We need the blood of Jesus to cover all of our sin. And even though, you know, we repent and believe, you might still have that inclination, that propitiation, that pro, that, not propitiation, that, that tendency to be drawn back to the flesh. And that's why following Christ and maybe you're drawn back to the flesh and following Christ. And that's why sometimes there's an internal struggle, even with people who are same sex attractive, but come to know the Lord. They wonder like, why, why, why do I still struggle with this sometimes? And that's sometimes why sometimes God doesn't deliver completely from certain things. Sometimes there's a struggle and there's fighting and overcoming that temptation. And then uh, sometimes he will lift that later on eventually through. I mean, I've known people who really struggle alcohol was tough for months and months and months and a year went by and they were, and then they eventually they realized, you know what, this doesn't have a strong pull on me anymore because they kept resisting the devil, resisting the devil. They kept learning new uh, disciplines and things that really helped them, uh, you know, long-term. So same thing can happen in this area as well. So anyway, short podcast, right around 20 minutes. Um, I would encourage you to err on the side of grace, but don't dilute the truth. Err on the side of love and mercy, but don't compromise the truth in any way, shape, or form. And God will show you. If you're spending time with God, spending time in His Word, um, Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. You know, you're you're going to get clear direction on how how to handle these these hot button issues. And uh, it's going to be different 
than how many of your friends handle it, because many of your friends are led often by the, the world's mindset, the world's system, the way the world thinks. And even in Hollywood, now they're encouraging their kids. You know, I don't know if it's a boy or girl. Let them choose as they get older. Talk about from the pit of hell. I mean, we are, we, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. I don't want to get in down that rabbit trail because it's dark and it's, it's deep. And, uh, I, I, we're often, we're worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah with what's going on in the news. You see a lot of these things, you know, as in the days of Noah. Uh, that's why God said, I, I was, I was, I can see why God said, I was sorry I even made man. Look at how depraved and perverted and sick they have become. And that's what's happening now. Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, so will be when the Son of Man comes. Now that could be just, he was just saying that, you know, they're eating, they're drinking, it, things they're going on about their life. And that flood came on them unexpectedly, or it could have a deeper meaning, which I would agree with, is that as in the days of Noah, it got so bad and so depraved, and they were just thought no big deal. They were confusing God's patience with his approval, and that day came upon them unexpectedly. So I pray that's not you. I pray you would repent and believe, even if you have same-sex attraction, attraction uh, you're struggling with that. Um, you don't know the Lord. Take time today. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus sets us free. He saves us. Now we can stand right before God. Not perfect, not perfect, but forgiven. And that's why it's called the, the theologians use that term imputed, imputed, given to us righteousness. So we we put on the the the, the, the imputed righteousness of Christ. We stand before God because of what Christ did. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means I'm, I'm forgiven and I, I fight against sin. I bring my thoughts captive and I, I say no to temptation. And if you fall, you get back up and you fight again. You don't give in and you, you allow that relationship with, with the Lord to flourish and to point you in the right direction. You hold on to him and he's holding on to you and praise God for that. So anyway, hope that helped. We'll talk to you again next time on Idleman Unplugged. Or definitely subscribe if you know pastors. Encourage them to subscribe to Pastors Unplugged or anybody in uh, Christian ministry and leadership. It really is is for them as well. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as 
answers for a confused church and desperate for more of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.